Hello and welcome to our show, Film Talk with AJ Dean. I'm AJ Dean, your host, and I have the impeccable, incredible actor, Paul Vata, with me as my co-host. Hey, Paul, how are you this evening? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking, AJ, and I hope that you are also doing well. It's uh, such a pleasure and an honor to be here. Uh, we always have such incredibly talented and wonderful and insightful guests, so thank you for even allow me to be a part of this. Thank you, AJ. Uh, thank you, Paul. We appreciate you. And, and Paul, you're right. The guests are phenomenal. In fact, we have the one and only film festival doctor. Yes, she's a PhD, Rebecca Louisa Smith in the house. She is an author and the film festival doctor, and she is amazing. And she's an, also an author. We're going to talk about her book. Let's give her a warm welcome, Paul. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome to our show. Hi, folks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I love this show. And you just look phenomenal. That hair is impeccable. I mean, it's, it's just perfect coloring. It's, I love it. I love it. And I've seen it before like that, but it's the best. So keep it like that. Oh, thank you so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate that coming from you because you are absolutely gorgeous. And you speak about how important image is in your book. I wanted to show this for everybody out there. This is your book from Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith, and I'm going to hold it up so you can see the rest of it. It's called Born to Do It, and she is gorgeous. It's becoming the leader that you and the business um, for your business niche that you are supposed to be. It helps you every step of the way. Can you tell us about this a little bit, Rebecca? I love it. It's my, one of my favorite books. Thank you. Well, that all kind of came about by like a happy accident. So it, it was all conceived and written during the 2020 lockdown when I was living in the UK before I moved to the US. And uh, I've always wanted to like write a book. And it was an idea I had like years and years ago, but nobody really had the time to sit down and do it. And then I kept doing a lot of like, you know, writing blogs and stuff um, in like 2019 and 2020. And when the lockdown happened, um, a publisher approached me because she read a story that would well, not say a short story, but it was like my detailed kind of life story in a Indian book called Unique. And I was like, okay. And she said, have you thought about telling your own story? Because what you want to do here, I see, is talk more about business and how to incorporate business techniques into your daily life with spirituality. It's a lot of this going on. Have you ever thought about doing a book? And I said, well, maybe. So I had an idea when brainstormed. Then I realized what I had inside me was a book I wanted to get out, which was helping entrepreneurs um, and those wanting to start their first business with the right kind of toolkit that I wish I had in the first place, but learned through time and experience. So it's kind of sharing my hard-worn knowledge with those who really want to know what it is that they're supposed to be doing with their careers and what they're born to do. And it tells them how to create their first business using those important spiritual techniques that we need to draw on and business techniques. So yeah, so it all came about just kind of really at the right time, even though I didn't plan during the lockdown to write a book because I was busy with the business still, like festivals have moved online, but I also had time in the evenings to write. I just like wrote for hours, like two, three in the morning and the book came together. Amazing, amazing. And it is such an incredible book. It's a wonderful read and you're going to get some great insights and strategies on what to do personally for you, no matter really, you know, it's for, uh, uh, maybe it's for directed for film, but it's really for everybody. That's what I believe. Isn't that right, Rebecca? Yeah, I mean, it's for everybody. People in creative industries, people who are not sure what they want to go into, and those who are not just always in film, but those that just want to know 
what it is that they're born to do and need that toolbox because obviously my story in there is all linked into the film industry because I obviously work in film but you can apply it to any industry. Absolutely and how can we get your book? I mean I already got my copy and I'd get another one if I and, and, I, and if Paul wants to get it or any of the great people out there how would they get it? Uh, the best place to get it would be look at my website you can order it directly from Amazon or through me which is RebeccaLuisaSmith.com. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Rebecca. And I want to get right into it. Um, we've got these great movie posters on screen. We've got two movie posters here. Incredible. Freedom, George Michael, the director's cut 2018, where you were the film festival strate strategist on there. Now, this is a uh, narrated by George Michael. It's a biography and a documentary about his music. And then the second one here, The Cunning Man, from 2019 amazing short film Rebecca can you share with us a little bit about each of those and your participation in them yeah so the George Michael doc um, uh, came to me through word of mouth so the editor of that film recommended me to uh, Sony Music and George's team because George had actually passed away by that point uh, because he was I think he was he just about finished it before he passed away but it was pretty close and it was a big thing that came on television here in the UK and then there's a director's cut because George wanted to be a certain tell a certain story and add more information in but they couldn't uh, do it for as much as he wanted because they had like TV had a, had a cut-off point of 90 minutes and he wanted to be like two hours so they made a director's cut after he died and wanted to get on the festival circuit so that's how they found me through just word of mouth recommendation so that was quite a big project because we're dealing with like obviously a big team at Sony and you know lots of people involved. George Michael has a lot of people involved in his life, even now, obviously when he's passed away. So there are a lot of people around him because his music lives on, legacy lives on. And they didn't know about festivals, which was fine because it's part of my job is educating filmmakers and those who have made a film to help them navigate the festival circuit. So it was a lot of work to obviously like just explain about how it all works and to trust me on this process. Also, it was a big responsibility because this was like George's legacy. It was the last piece of filming he did before he passed. So it was, you know, a huge thing to take on. And it did really well. It launched uh, Edinburgh Rain Dance Film Festivals, did Duck and Roll in UK, it did Krakow in Poland, a really big after festival. It did quite a lot of festivals, all the in edit festivals around the world, which is all about music documentaries. So it had a huge, really good run. And we we're very proud of what it achieved. And it was good to keep, you know, me being in charge, looking after George Michael's legacy for his film felt really special because obviously, with George Michael. Absolutely. I mean, I loved, we loved George Michael and what an honor was it? Were you, um, were you in such a state of, of awe and honor and such great respect because he, he, you know, what an incredible musician person. What, what did you think when you were approached? Did you, did you think like, oh my gosh, thank my lucky stars. What did you think, Rebecca? I'm quite a fan of his. I always love Wham and also love most of his like solo stuff as well. So when I was approached, I was like, wow, because that, the, the short version of the documentary, Freedom it was called, had already aired on television. It was a big thing in the UK. It was all over the news. I was in the UK at the time when, this approach, when they approached me. And it was all, you know, like it was a big thing showing 
the real George Michael and you know stuff he'd never seen before because it was all you know new material that he had never really shared with anybody on television and like him recording his music so it was a big thing everyone was talking about it and then when they approached me about this director's cut I was like oh my god it's gonna get festivals so excited <gasps> oh my lord so it was like oh I'm the chosen one it's like I was meant to do this I was like chosen by by the universe to do it so I feel very blessed that I that I did manage to work on this project and it was such a good experience uh, having that, you know, to, to look after. And it was a lot of responsibility and also a lot of, you know, like pressure in a way because you want to do well. And, you know, not all festivals took it than we thought because um, it had already aired in a shorter version on television and some didn't like that, even though this was a different two hour cut. It is kind of like the same film, just longer, just more behind the scenes and stuff you hadn't really shared before. So somewhere, but some didn't have that issue. So every festival is different. So it was a big learning curve, knowing which ones were taken, which ones wouldn't. It's time to just get it out there and see what, what the bites were. Wonderful. You know, I love extra bits on documentaries. Yeah. So where can people see that? Where can people see it? If uh, Can they at all? Well, it's still under the radar. So it got a lot of interest from distribution companies, um, but it's still very much like it was just for festivals only. And we finished it and we finished the run at a charity screening to raise money for LGBTQ communities at the Frameline Festival, which is like a big, the biggest LGBT festival in the world. And that was a brilliant way to end it. But they've kept it now just part of his legacy and it's not available at the moment to see, but it might be soon because uh, obviously there's a demand. There's nobody got to saw it on the festival circuit around the world, but fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I'm gonna join you in that, Rebecca. How about you, Paul? What do you think? I love that. I mean, it's, of course, you know, growing up in the 80s and, and whatnot, and and uh, George Michael was such a big influence. And, and uh, you know, I've always had an affinity to the Greek culture as well. So that was, you know, when fi then finding out like, oh, what, there's this Greek guy from, from, uh, from the UK, nonetheless. And it, it was just, uh, I think, such an inspirational story. And of course, I'm a big fan of comedy. So to see George Michael in extras you know ricky gervais yes. uh, uh tv show extras i think steve merchant was also involved with extras but uh yeah yeah um to, you know to see his role in that and you know making fun of himself and and ma making you know uh it was it was uh even more inspiring so I'm, I'm glad that that you were involved with that and of course if there's anything that we can do to help or help promote it we'd be more than than happy to and hopefully you can find that distribution yeah, no, I hope so too. But thank you, that's great. And also remember a bit about extras, that was funny. <laughs> you know, it showed the different George that we don't really see, you know, he's a really funny guy. And I liked in this director's cut that you got to see more information about the court case he had with Sony back in the 90s, which was like a proper, you know, really, really big thing. But it, it and it's really insightful to see the why and and the detail of it and, and, uh, and his passion for music and freedom for music and being an independent artist. Oh, I, we will, I loved him and we will always love George Michael. And that song, Freedom, that's one of my favorite, favorite songs. Uh, isn't it yours, uh, Rebecca? Isn't that special to you as well? Love that, love that song. Freedom's great. I also love um, uh, Father Figure. I think that's a brilliant song, one of the best. <sighs> Oh, that album's really, really strong. Um, you know, I remember having the, when I was younger, I bought the CD of the Faith album and we'd play it because we'd have, you know, 
we had in our house like we had a cd player because it was a new thing you know a big thing having a cd player we're like oh not vinyl anymore so it was like <laughs> the next big thing. so weird and then just playing that along with actually alongside lionel richie's dancing on the ceilings quite a contrast <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love both of those they are they're yeah. excellent yeah what Magic. fun is that <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's super. Okay, we also want to talk about The Cunning Man. Now that came out in 2019. That's a short film. Can you tell us what that is about and uh, the strategy of film festival for that? That would be great. Thank you. Yeah, so that one came to me via um, Ali Cook. So Ali Cook I've worked with before, uh, but not in the in the role of him being like the client and the main producer of the film he's like recommended me to other people in films he's been involved with or starred in and he's a great guy he's really funny he's also a magician and he's a very talented guy and he's great to work with so I love working with him and The Cunning Man is a brilliant short and originally it was um he, he wrote it and created it for part of a Ari Alexa film challenge so it wasn't like a one of those challenges where you have to like you know, do the whole film in like 24, 48 hours. That just shoots it in 48 hours and it was a lot to shoot. But then they had time to, you know, to properly edit and, you know, grade it, et cetera, so on and so forth. And originally it was just designed just for that competition. And it won, it won the top prize and it won the best the best short. Because the, the film is brilliant. It's very original, it's very unique. And the lead actor is phenomenal. It just, it's a film that I knew when I saw it could do really well. And it did like, I think it did about 75 festivals and it won over 30 awards. You know, it did really well. It was a festival darling. This is a film that is very um, easy to program because of its length, but also its story is very unique and it can fit in different types of uh festivals so it's directed by a woman so female filmmaker festivals it's got magic in it's got a bit of horror in it's got drama so people you know could really play around with it what they wanted to how they wanted to perceive it um and it was special to me because i saw something in there that was you know not really been done before and using magic in a very creative way in, in filmmaking i mean so we're not going to spoil the ending for you but it starts off like there's this weird man like you know carrying around dead animals around whales in the uk people are like what's this weird guy and it turns out that at the end, he uses magic to, to make something special happen. So it uses something you never ever imagined. But it's educate, executed so well. A female director, you know, female team and a female, um, uh, you know, a really powerful female. And Ali's great as well because he wrote it, produced it, and he also did some directing as well. So it was a real good team effort. Um, and that was really great to work on because it was just great to see so many festivals really want this film when we submitted it it was really like well received and it did around nine or ten of the oscar qualifying festivals um it's the, the oscar bafta ones it did like aesthetica uh which did, did really well there um it did uh cinequest you know it had a really really good run so i was very impressed by how far it went around the world and how many festivals and how many awards um it won at one festival like four awards it was incredible at a horror festival we did a lot of genre festivals to fright fest which is a big one over over in the uk for genre and also europe as well so it was just very very impressive and that felt really good to manage 
because it was uh, the busiest, one of the busiest campaigns because it was constantly having to organize materials, get it out there. And I was, you know, I pestled all the time. So he was, you know, running around and it was like traveling all over. So it was good for him to really, you know, get him out there with the film more and, and make new connections. Amazing, incredible. And I love this. I love the magic in it, the variety, and that it is filmed by a woman. I love that. I I love that so much hearing that. And um, and I love that variety. Uh, don't you, Paul? Isn't that fun? Oh, Paul, you're on mute. Hi, is this better? <laughs> yeah, that's better. Go ahead. Take Take oh. two, take two. <laughs> I, I said such brilliant things. I'm sorry you missed it. No. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I, I, I'm such such a big fan of 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 the you know, uh, and especially well crafted you know short films and then to win so many awards. Yeah. I mean, I would I would love to see that. Is is that available to to watch somewhere or? Yes. So that is available. It launched online for its online premiere on short of the week. And then it also has sales and distribution with Short TV. Um, so that's now, you know, getting sold and touring around, um, which is really good. So that, that was, so it's available. You can just Google it on Short TV and it'll be on there. And it's had lots of views, which I'm really pleased about. Very, very pleased about that. Um, and also um, Ali, uh, Ali's a magician. So he's always touring around doing that and also, you know, acting as well. So he got, he's got a great portfolio. So he's on IMDb. And he's really good to check out. As is Zoe, they're both very talented individuals. Is and I'm sorry, is this uh, is he touring in the UK? Is is this? It's pretty much worldwide. Uh, it's okay. a lot in the in the US as well. So okay. he's pretty much everywhere within the magician. I wonder. Well, I, I you, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Paul. No, say I hope that he makes it through Vegas. I'll definitely come by and support because I'm, yeah. I'm I'm of course a big fan of magic and well comedy magic all that. I wish I could do it better, ex except for a few simple tricks, but yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> I, I want to say congratulations. I agree with you, Paul. Absolutely. I love magic and I love magicians and congratulations, Rebecca, on these two fabulous movie posters and the work that you did. Bravo. You did so well. What a great success. And I'm so proud of you. And I wonder if the gentleman in the cunning man is part of you know in london or in england they have the magician circle have you heard of that the magic circle or the magician circle it's yes kind of, yeah it's i think of, he's part of that actually because he's he's involved with some of that he also has been, he's been to the magic castle in la mm -hmm. which i love i love the magic castle i'm obsessed with magic castle um so it's just i'm having so much fun there just going to lots of shows pre-covid so yeah, it's a lot of fun yeah that's awesome that's awesome so i love go what were we gonna say paul we we broke the record in the close-up bar. I mean, this would have been 15 years ago when, when uh, there was a guy named Doc Eason who was performing. So a friend of ours, uh, Jill Benjamin, I was friends with him, and she was like, "We we have to go see this guy." So uh, we got all of our Mad TV friends, and we went to go see Doc Eason, and he was in the close-up room at the Magic Castle, and it was great because you know you have to dress up. You, you can't just show up in jeans. You know you have to be uh, yeah. you know like old Hollywood dress up and you know the secret code to get in and um, um we drank so much i guess i probably shouldn't brag about this that they're like you guys set a new record for for for, for the bar in the close-up room so I, apparently I, I i don't know if it still stands i'd love to come back they're like yeah you, you guys you guys almost drank us out of booze 
and you guys rang up the biggest bar tab that we've ever had down here. So, so <laughs> I, I, so from what I remember, the Magic Castle was amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> from what you remember, Paul, you're great. <laughs> yeah. And those are those are good memories. That's awesome. <laughs> that I leads think so. Us... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we appreciate you, Paul, so much. Thank you for being sober tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just a joke. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it time to go? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's time. It's time. Yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's time for dinner. It's time for the happy hour uh, and a bite to eat, a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to all of us. Cheers to everyone here. Um, that's so funny. I, I love this. Um, I did want to ask you, Rebecca, how did you become the film festival doctor? Yeah. So I was um, studying for my PhD in film and audience research in Wales and Aberystwyth back in 2008-2009. And I enjoyed the PhD. I'm very proud of it. You know, I finished it and I'm a doctor. And the problem is during the process, it's quite isolating and lonely, just writing and writing every day. And it's, it's not very social. You know, you have a social team, you go into the evenings, but it's a lot of work and a bit hard, a bit hard and heavy going. So a friend of mine uh, who I knew when I was living in Worcester, he moved up Riswith in Wales where I was studying and he was the manager of the theatre. And he said he was, he'd been asked to produce and um, put on a horror film festival uh, by the Film Council in Wales, because they haven't got one in Wales of any horror festivals. He said, do you want to help out? And I was like, yeah, why not? It's a distraction. And this distraction actually was the key and the stepping stones towards me finding my sole purpose, having that aha moment. So as I mentioned in my book, um, I was, wasn't intending to really go into the world of you know, film festivals and the film industry, like uh, at all really. Uh, I thought I was gonna have to be in academia and you know teach and research, but that was not the plan for me. It was not the route that I was gonna take. So what I did do was I realized when I was producing the festival, I absolutely loved it. And there was a gap in the market. When I spoke to filmmakers, I always said to them, what do you like and dislike about film festivals? And they all said, we love film festivals. We love you know meeting new people, getting drunk, having fun. But what we need help with is we actually don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to create a strategy. We don't know which festivals to submit our film to. We're just like going on without a box when that was still going and seeing what was on there and just chucking it in and hoping for the best. So we don't quite know who to turn to, who to ask, also what we're doing, hoping for the best and just on a whim. And they were all kind of saying that. It was a very common pattern. And I had spoke to loads of filmmakers during the festival because so I always do that with my research. And because I was the one from the festival always traveling to other festivals, looking up their programs and meeting new people, kind of knew what was going on behind the scenes and how their festival's programmed, how it worked. So I was very much like, I can do this. I'm going to set up a business that's going to help filmmakers get their thumbs into festivals. And there was someone else doing it at the time who was publicly doing it that was, you know, visual, which is a website called Film Festival Secrets. And he's brilliant, Chris Holland. I really admired his book and I loved his website. And I was like, oh my God, this is... This guy's under something, but I just want to develop the model, really. And I like what he did. And put him on said, well, there's one person doing it. It's pretty niche. So you're going to have to work hard to prove it can work. And that's what I'm doing now full time. So that's the story. It went from, I want to be in academia, teaching, to I'm going to be the film festival doctor. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I love it. And also in your book, you show how people can also achieve their um their 
dream, their niche of where they are supposed to be, um, you know, what they're supposed to do, their passion. So I want to, I hope I can get it in here. I want everybody to buy this copy. Uh, well, this copy is mine. You can't buy it, but I want everybody to buy it. <laughs> right, Paul? But I That's want right. everybody. Right. <laughs> you could autograph it, AJ. You could autograph it for them if they want that copy. No, I'm, this is mine forever. Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith signed this personally for me, and this I cherish this. So I thank you for that so much, um, Dr. Rebecca. And um, I love it. So everybody, please buy yourself a copy. And you can find your passion, your niche, just like Dr. Rebecca did uh, as well. And so we already talked about what inspired you to write a book, which is I love, and how you became a film festival uh, doctor. And um, so how can people get in contact with you? You said your website, right? Or you could, they can follow you on Instagram, Facebook? Yeah, yeah. follow me on Instagram will be best because I'm very active on Instagram, which is at Rebecca Film Doctor. So it's D-R-R-E-B-E-K-A-H-F-I-L-M-D-R, like a film doctor. And I have two websites. There's thefilmfestivaldoctor.com, which is all about my business and our current portfolio, how we work, how we can help you in our story. And the other website is my personal brand, which is RebeccaLouisaSmith.com. And that's all about my book, what I do with my business and other things I do and more about me. So those are sort of the best places to start to, uh, to discover more. Awesome. We want to hear that so that we can support you, um, Dr. Rebecca. And Paul, I'm going to send it over to you for any questions. Go, go ahead. I, I do have a question, and and you mentioned it, but but either I didn't understand because you know obviously you're speaking English and I only speak American, so your 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 doctorate. I'm, I'm sorry. What were you sorry? What were you studying, or, or what is your doctorate in? Yeah, so my PhD is in film and audience research, and the uh, the PhD is a, is a um, thesis on Quentin Tarantino. So it, believe it or not, so it analyzes um, the emotional responses to his two um, core fan bases, which are US and UK, and looks at how they respond to his films. And it kind of assesses theories of emotional response in film if they're, if they're accurate. You know, do people actually respond like this or, or don't they? And in this case, we found out that they don't. They have a different way of engaging with certain types of auteurs. So it was really interesting. And a lot of the research uh, discovered that Tarantino's fans have a connection and build a bond with his dialogue by his characters. So it was very interesting. I used the case study was Death Proof and the Grindhouse a Double Girl that came out when I wrote it. And that was interesting because they had the kick-ass girls, Zoe Bell was in it, and Rosario Dawson. Then you had Stuntman Mike, you know, Kurt Russell, who was phenomenal. So it was a really interesting PhD and it revealed so much. It was, you know, it was really fascinating. And I'm proud of it. And it's actually in the National Library of Wales and Emerson University. So it's very good to have them there. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I, now I understand. Thank you. <laughs> That's a great question. Thank you so much, Paul, for that. And I wanted to, um, I've got a couple more questions um, and then I'll hand it back to you, Paul. But first off, I wanted to ask you, um, what projects are you currently excited about working on now? So we've had a few films come in that have just finished posts that are absolutely brilliant. So I'm really proud of all my portfolio. Um, we're actually working with Fair Trade International. 
they've um, produced and uh, directed a web series, which is called Farmers, and it follows three um, different farmers in different parts of the world during the pandemic and the problems they faced getting bananas from Peru around the world during the pandemic and lockdowns and you know strict government policies. It follows um, a woman in Kenya who makes coffee beans and her issues and also a lady in Indonesia that makes coconut sugar. But they're all kind of got their own challenges and it also makes it more human because they bring in their personal story, not just, you know, about fair trade. It's not like a promo, just a fair trade. It's quite interesting in terms of giving them a voice for those people that make all those kind of products that need to go around the world and how difficult it is when you have a pandemic. So it's fascinating. And that's a really good web series. So I like a web series to get our teeth into. There's also a brilliant short film that's doing really well, just started now on the circuit. It launched at the uh, BFI Flare, which is the biggest LGBT festival in Europe and the UK, actually, which is brilliant. And also it'll be launching at the Oscar qualifying Norwegian short film festival in Norway, which I'm very excited about too, called Dash. And it's, oh, it's just a brilliant short film. And it's so sad, but it's absolutely phenomenal. It's moving, really good piece of work. So I'm really proud of Rory because he's worked really hard, did it all by himself. And it's, it's brilliant. I'm also working with a debut short film director who is really, really one to watch called Rupert Ratcliffe and his short, Can I Help? That just launched in the US um, at the Phoenix Film Festival, did really well, went down really well with the audience. And it also screened at the Biffle Qualifying Manchester Festival, which went that well as well. So we've got lots of great exciting stuff, really diverse stuff. I've also got coming in a children's animated television series, which is very cool, which is from Germany. So it's got really nice, eclectic, diverse kind of portfolio and uh, features and shorts as well. So about a nice mixture. And uh, they're all now touring the circuit, which I'm really proud of because they're getting seen and they're getting awards. And uh, I've also got a poetry short film called Time and Tide that stars Greta Sachi. And that just won Best Short at London Independent Film Festival. Wow, congratulations. This is amazing. We celebrate with you, um, Rebecca, on these wonderful successes that you are having. And um, Paul, before I hand it over to you, I wanted to ask Rebecca one more question about Cannes Film Festival. A lot of people have never been to Cannes Film Festival. Um, can you share with us a little bit of what it's like? Yes. So it's a very intense but friendly festival. It's very tiring because you're constantly on the go when you're there. It never stops. It's not like a holiday, you know, it's work. But it's great because you meet lots of great people from all over the world. One thing I would say as a tip, one thing that I found out when I first went there, which I wish I knew before, was shoes. I had like, you know, really big high heels and you do a lot of walking all over Cannes, around the Palais, everything. It's insane. So um, I would say just wear flat shoes, uh, but also bring with the business cards and get people's numbers when you're there because you meet lots of great people. Um, a lot of people like to go to a place called the Petit Majestic. I prefer the Majestic anyway, but it's a great, great place to meet people. Cannes is all about meeting people. Some don't always you know, turn out to be the right match for you, but some do. So it's a great place to discover. And I've always met every time I've been there. And I've been there pretty much every year um, until I moved here. Um, without a doubt, and it's always been good people I've met, kept in touch with, and done business with, and I've also met, you know, like people who have become best friends. So it's a great place to meet and connect. I recommend everybody should go, uh, just for the experience. I, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I love 
the majestic, how that sounds, the majestic. Oh, yeah. Well, there's two, there's Petty Majestic, which is like the cheaper version. There's the majestic, which is a really nice, gorgeous hotel, but I love the majestic. This is just so, you know, it's really beautiful and, and really like a home from home. Oh, I love the sound of that. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate that. Paul, over to you. Yeah, you, you, I'm, I'm sitting here dreaming about about going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, we need to do a project. We, we, we need to get there because, uh, you know, I'm in Vegas and of course we have a lot of conventions here. So yeah. I assume it, it's, it's a lot like that. A lot of walking, a lot of, you know, yes. uh, pressing out the flesh and, and shaking hands and, and meeting people and, you know, possibly meeting people to uh, to to set up a deal or, or yes. you know, find someone that you can collaborate with. And especially this year being collaboration over competition, I really think, yeah, I would, I would, you know, and of course that's right up my alley and I'll just have to brush up on my French. I'm sure everyone speaks English, but, uh, or American, but yeah, I would like to, uh, to, to learn a little French. I would also definitely when people are planning on going there is to, to have like a package product and if you just come with like an idea, you need something more substantial, like, you know, like a finished script is packaged. You can start shopping it around to producers or sales agents, something like that, you know, and, and come prepared. And what I wouldn't do is get your short film in the short film corner because it's not, it's pointless. It's actually not taken that seriously. So it's best just to maybe come there with a project and with people and connecting and, you know, say you have a short, which you'd happily send them directly a private link that kind of thing, not in the short form corner because it's not gonna do anything for you. Would, would you, and by by putting together a kit, do you literally mean uh, a, you know, a finished script and then maybe like a pitch deck and could all this be done electronically or do people actually want a script in hand to read that night or is it more, here, let me send you my, my pitch deck and, and script or treatments or what would you suggest for somebody? pretty much electronically and yeah have say you know the pitch deck and the script and knowing to send send people first of all the pitch deck and then the script uh, is the best way to kind of build the bond also bring like maybe showing them on your phone like a, a teaser trailer or a sizzle reel that can then think oh this is high quality because it's all about visuals you have to show them something when we're pitching films to festivals and explaining you know what's on our portfolio and films that represent we have to show a trailer because they have to get them like they can see the quality of it, they can see the good, mm -hmm. how good the acting is, they can see everything from that, as opposed to just, you know, all right, well, send us a trailer. So it's going to be like grand circles, show them something there, get them excited, and like, oh, we've got a good person here we can connect with, and that's a good product. A uh, question. So, uh, and, and you are, you know, the film festival doctor. Does that mean, do you work with the film festivals or do you work with somebody like, like me or a filmmaker and then what so what's that process like what, what what's your specialty there so our specialty is we work predominantly with the filmmaker so typical kind of scenario is the filmmaker comes to me and says i finished my film what do i do with it which festival should i submit to who's going to want it how can i strategize how can i get the best results and then we create for them a very streamlined and focused strategy which has the best kind of festivals to submit their film to to get the best chance of success um, we do deal with festivals because obviously we, we give them good quality content to screen. So when we're managing a project, 
so we say so that we take on the film like we done with fair trade so they said right hey we're, we, we're going to trust you on this we don't know festivals so we're guided by you so you're going to do all the admin work and do all the pitching and submitting and organizing the festival screenings obviously then we talk with the festival we pitch to them and say right we've got a film in our portfolio which is a web series you know the 10 minutes long each of them and they're good size and they're really interesting informative um pieces of work and then you do a good pitch and show the trailers and get them interested so we do know a lot of festivals in terms of how we work with them it's given them content to screen wonderful and then uh, and, and i don't know if this is uh, personal but i guess it's business how are you compensated if it's something you want to talk about if not you know no worries of course uh is there a set fee or is it uh, the size of the budget of the film or how does how would uh how does somebody know if they can afford you? Because it sounds like it's, it's an amazing service. Thank you. So compensation is we charge um, the client who will be more than likely the producer um, or the director a uh, fixed fee. So we have consultancy service, uh, which is a fixed fee for like an hour session and we create the strategy. Then we have a service uh, where we management services, they have different packages. So some are retainer per month, some is a fixed fee. So they all kind of vary. The prices begin, um, for a strategy package where we put strategy and then have the consultancy, a 798 USD and then go up in price with management. Management is more because it's a lot more involved and hands-on. Being a consultant is good because you know, the, the filmmaker does the submissions and manages the whole project and we're in the background getting the right plan. Uh, management though is a lot more hands-on and involves me and my team working closely. So that's a lot different, um, but it's really exciting um, because either one, get your hands dirty and get really excited about the results you get and is that um is that for one festival or is that you know they brought you on the team now you, you get try to get them in as many festivals as, as you can or or um if it's if it's management i guess because if it's consultancy you're like okay thank you for your help now i'm off on my own but if you're yeah. managing then are you are you trying to get them into all these other festivals yeah, so management is getting as many festivals as possible. Um, so packages where we can do like a smaller campaign and do 45 submissions. I mean, you've got gold, we can do 60 submissions and platinums doing, you know, loads, you know, like over over 100. So it depends on what the filmmakers' goals are, what the budgets are, what they want to achieve on the circuit, you know, so there's nothing like fixed it. Just go on and on. I love this. It's really, uh, it can be catered and personalized to anyone, whoever is a filmmaker and who wants to enter film festivals. Is that right, Dr. Rebecca? That's correct. Spot on. Uh, because I'm with The Cunning Man, they really wanted to go far because I said to them, look, this can do really well, because although you didn't plan to do festivals, it did like, you know, 75, which is <laughs> went from like, oh, we're doing it for a film you know, competition challenge for Ari Alexa to actually it's Festival Darling is quite an amazing kind of turnaround. Um, and with George Michael, that was pattern too. But sometimes with short films, they have a much smaller budget. So they don't, some, nobody, not, everybody, not everybody can always go, do that many because they're limited with submission fees as well. You know, so everyone's different. So you have to work it and tailor it around each client. Wonderful. Are there, are there uh, so, so yeah, that's my understanding, of course, that there are submission fees to enter your films or projects into festivals. Now, are, are there prizes, cash prizes, like for first, second, third, or is it more like there are you're doing it more for the, the recognition that, hey, my film won this festival, or is it both, or how does, how does that work? So all festivals vary. Uh, some awards will be, you know, a trophy and, or a certificate. 
uh, some will be a trophy and a prize as well, which would be something like it could be, you know, like from one of their um, partner or their sponsors, you know, like a free gift. So Inktip to give a lot of like, you know, screenwriting software away, which obviously saves money. Some festivals do give cash prizes, which can be up to like 10, 15K, you know, quite high. Some do smaller cash prizes like 500 or $1,000 or less than that. Um, some festivals give awards which are um, courses for filmmakers to expand their career. So they all kind of vary. Like, for example, the film, that poetry short film that won the best UK short at the Independent Film Festival, they got a certificate and they also got um, a amazing prize, which was um, money towards post-production for the next short film, which would obviously save a fortune because that's 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 expensive. It can add up, you know, so that's a good prize. So they come in different ways. Um, not all festivals nowadays because of COVID were able to offer as much with their prize uh, money because of cuts in funding, but they can still offer something. And sometimes if it's, you know, if that could save them a lot of money and be useful, that's just as good. Wonderful, thank you. Yeah, okay, that, that, that makes perfect sense. And uh, I, I would imagine submission fees range anywhere from you know, 40, $50 to, to hundred or hundreds or, or what, what's, is there an average that you've found? Well, I mean, it depends. In the US, it can be, you know, more like $30 plus. The average okay. is like maybe $45. Um, but in terms of say festivals in Europe and UK, they can be, you know, five, $10. Sometimes you get festivals with a free. That's rare, but sometimes you do. Um, it can be, you know, abattoir charge fifteen dollars um, for their submission. The festival that I work for um, when I first started my career in the film festival world. So they all vary. Um, sometimes now they can be even even smaller because Film Freeway, a platform where you can submit your film to festivals, they have this thing called Film Freeway Gold. You become a full very gold member so you get discounts so you can end up paying like a very small amount of submission of fees if you do early bird deadlines become a member that way you get everything a lot cheaper so it's really worth it wonderful uh, so, so it sounds like it's not very cost prohibitive if you're entering a few festivals but now i think you mentioned like somebody you might enter 75 or 100 festivals now i can see where, where people are like uh you know 30 40 dollars a piece yes. times 100 now we're talking a little bit you know being cost prohibitive but i like that you know if you're if you're selective you can get your projects out there and it's only it's only fair that you're going to compensate whomever you know they have to hire screeners and i, I mean i would imagine there's just a lot of logistics to, to make in a festival happen so thank you for sharing that i, I hope that it uh you know it, it, it'll help people maybe make a decision that hey you know maybe i can't get my film in front of in front of people and, and win a festival. Exactly. So, and it's also festival prices will vary because you've got early bird, regular, and late deadline. Mm -hmm. So early bird is cheap, regular is pretty average price, and late can be very expensive. Not all the time, but sometimes with every festival is different, it might be. So it's always important to have a good festival submission fee budget in your bag um, and make sure that you feel right you can you can afford to. Some people come to me and say, I've got five hundred dollars can I do anything with this on fees? And the answer is yes. You just have to make sure you do everything early and the right festivals will be very strategic, very strong and very focused to get results. So it's being, you know, not taking a silly risk and like, let's do a big, you know, pie in the sky film festival that we haven't got the kind of film for because that's just wasting sure. money. Wonderful. Well, thank you. My pleasure.
Thank you so much. I love that. That's a really great question. Paul, thank you. I appreciate you and appreciate those answers, Rebecca. Just amazing. And we're coming to, we're having to wrap up the show soon, um, but we want to do final thoughts and any message that you would like to share and or anything that you would like to, you know, sponsors or any shout outs that, to anyone. Paul, if you want to mention, you know, Vato Cigars, that would be great. Um, and so we'll start with final thoughts. And thank you so much, for Dr. Rebecca. You are absolutely amazing and we love you. Uh, final thoughts over to you, Dr. Rebecca. So my final thoughts would be, first of all, a huge thank you to you both. You've been brilliant. I've really enjoyed this chit chat. It's been great. I'm looking forward to it all week. Um, and also my final thought would be, always have a festival strategy. So never submit to festivals blind and end up spending a fortune on the wrong festivals and wasting thousands potentially. Always have a plan before submitting. If you have no plan, then you're gonna fail. So that's what I would always be those words of wisdom. Beautiful, I love that. And so I recommend and encourage everybody to get in contact with uh, Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith. She is the film festival doctor and she has had many, many successes. And so follow her, support her. And thank you for those beautiful words, Dr. Thank Rebecca. You. And over to you, Paul, for final thoughts. It's uh, it's amazing to, to meet uh, all these interesting people that we, that we are constantly bringing on and every every week it just gets uh, you know more in depth into the film world with which I love because it's easy to talk to directors and producers but then to find people that really are niche and specialize in certain aspects of the film industry to me it's it's been eye-opening and such a great learning experience so AJ thank you uh, for for having me I'm trying to figure out how to tie in bottle cigars to it <laughs> so I'll just I'm just going to show my company bottle, bottle well. cigars but uh, I would also like to, I, I feel like uh, Dr. Rebecca, I, I wish that uh, maybe you might join us if you're not already on OWL, which is a company that I'm a brand ambassador for because you have such such knowledge to share and you could also monetize it on OWL. But if you don't mind, I'll send you that link or that information because I think, you know, uh, as I've gotten more, more artists uh, onto the platform, you know, there's gonna be people that want to know about this and you know you can set your rate at, at whatever your normal rate is you know for 10 minutes or 20 minutes to talk to someone but or use it to funnel them to your to one of your programs which i think you know if anyone's going to do this you should do it right so at, when you're planning your budget plan on having someone like dr rebecca on your team to make sure that then that you're doing it right because it makes perfect sense that if that if you don't plan it you, it's you're going to fail so Exactly. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, so thank you again for, for sharing that. And I'll, if you don't mind, I'll send you that link and uh, you can just go to the, absolutely. You can just go to paulvato.com to find all of my social media links and all that. So AJ, thanks. Thanks again for putting this great interview together. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Paul. And Dr. Rebecca, thank you so very much. You are our special, special guest. And again, this is uh, Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith's book and it's called born to do it. And let me hold it up so I can get a, a little bit of a better angle here so you can see it. And I hope that you can see 
I hope you can see the, 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 the top of it as well. So there we go, Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith. Be sure to check that out on Amazon or on her website. And thank you so much, Dr. Rebecca. And oops, my fan is backwards, so I'll turn it around here <laughs> until we meet again. But we know how to do, we know how to uh, um, uh, circumvent bloopers, don't we, Dr. Rebecca? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And until we meet again next time, uh, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Dr. Rebecca. Uh, buy Paul Vato's Vato cigars and follow Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith, our favorite film festival doctor. Until next time, I'm AJ Dean, and thank you so much for watching. Take care and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.